Hey, welcome back to the Clan Stage Podcast. I'm Angela Lucier. I am your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. If you're interested in building your public speaking skills, you can do so at speakersisterhood.com. And the Clan the Stage Podcast is a podcast all about public speaking for women. I know crazy. And on today's episode, I'm interviewing Stephanie Fager, who is an author and a speaker and a bunch of other things, which I'll mention in the introduction. And she is someone who I really admire for her ability to see life the way that she sees it. In today's episode, she's going to give you a list of seven steps to build your perspective. And I love the way that she defines perspective. Our conversation really guides us to reflection and thinking about how you walk through the world and how that how your experiences shape the stories you tell on stage to your audiences. And I just love how a lot of this advice on the surface is simple, but it's actually very deep and it makes a big impact if you apply it. So I'll stop talking so we can get to her wisdom. But before we do, I just want to thank you again for listening. And I'm so excited to be back to the podcast. And please, if you have any ideas for future guests, or if you have any questions you'd like to see featured on the podcast, please feel free to email me anytime, Angela at speakersisterhood.com. All right, let's jump into the interview. My guest today is Stephanie Fager. Stephanie is a passionate communicator who believes that a shift in perspective can help people live truly fulfilling lives. Her blog, Colored Today Pretty, has inspired many to shift their mindsets and has spawned her latest accomplishment of authoring her new book, Color Today Pretty, an inspirational guide to living a life in perspective. Stephanie believes that every choice in life has meaning, and she empowers others to choose to color their days pretty, to choose perspective each moment of their lives. As a professional speaker, author, and avid blogger, communications and marketing consultant, and home decor business owner, she shares her stories of inspiration through creativity, authenticity, and vulnerability. Learn more at colortodaypretty.com and receive your regular dose of inspiration by following her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. I know we connected months ago and due to my long hiatus of the podcast over the summer, we moved our interview and finally are getting the chance to connect today. So thank you for your patience. Of course. So we're going to talk about story and and does your story matter? But before we jump into telling the audience about how to tell their story, I'd like to hear a little bit about your story and how you came to know what matters. Oh, that's a that's a journey. I'm excited to take you guys on. Isn't isn't life a journey? And I think um, after writing a book, I realized that there's lots of stories we have in the world. We have a story we write. We have a story that actually exists, and then we have a story that lives in our head. And it took me several years um, to realize that it was very important for me to find a way to make all three of those stories congruent. So I've actually worked in PR and marketing and communication for over 15 years. And I really, in that process, was telling other people's stories. I was telling the companies I worked for, my clients, um, you know, all these other stories that I just truly loved and got behind. But deep within that, I kept feeling like there was another story that I needed to share, that there was something more that I was meant to do. 
And I didn't really know what that was until I started sitting down and writing. And at, during the time of writing, I, I had I had written my book through the trajectory of all three of my children's pregnancies and births. So it happened, you know, at three in the morning when I was dealing with, you know, a sleepless eve- a sleepless night, and I would get up and I would just close my eyes with my hands on the computer screen and write or on the keyboard and write. And I found through that process that there was a story that I had deep within, stories of situations um, that I had experienced at a younger age and it's situations I was currently experiencing that were meant to not define me, but help redefine my life. Wait, wait, hold on. So you closed your eyes and, t- and typed the stories? I did. I know it's really crazy, but I feel like, um, first of all, thank thank heavens for spell check, and thank heavens for <laughs> having the ability to to learn writing and high or to typing in high school. But I did. I would. There were there were several things that were kind of um, uncomfortable in my life that I didn't realize were. But I would sit down with that topic of uncomfortability, and I would close my eyes and I put my hands on the keyboard, and I'd be like, "Okay, let's figure this out." And as I wrote, I started to unpack stories that were that had shaped me. Things. Some of them were really heavy, and some of them were extremely light and beautiful. But through that process, I started to realize the essence of my story. And my story baked underneath my career, under my label of a parenthood and being a wife and all of these other things that the world expects on you that I've loved. But there was a deeper story. And that story was bigger than bigger than what I thought. It it was actually a movement, um, so to speak. And that's where the essence of Color Today Pretty came from, because I felt like as I started to unpack the things within me, I realized, oh my gosh, there's one thing that we have ability to do in our life, and that is to choose how we're going to react or respond to the life, the deck of cards that life deals us. And that truly shifted my life completely. I no longer work um, in the career trajectory that I was in. And I've taken a complete shift in my life of finding greater fulfillment and something I think everybody should be open to finding fulfillment and passion in their own. Okay, I have 400 questions. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it. I'm ready. Okay. You blew my mind just saying that you would close your eyes while typing. And I don't know why that's so... That has like really made me curious because I write all the time, but I've never thought about the idea of closing my eyes while doing it, which is interesting because I don't actually need to look at the keys because I know how to type, but I've always looked at the screen while typing. And what that does is it makes me edit my story all the time. And it also makes me more conscious of how my words are coming across. So I want to hear from you about how closing your eyes made you tell a different story or maybe how it affected that whole process of writing, because I think this is a really interesting piece to, to just start with. Totally, completely. Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, I feel like there's lots of stories out there, right? There's a story you write, there's a story that exists, and then there's a story in your head. And I found that for me, as I was writing, and as I still write, that it's so much about the 
the feeling and the conversation that I have within. I seem I seem to be a very um, introspective person, someone that's very reflective of situations. But yet I don't always give myself the ability to think that way because I've got three kids under the age of six that run around and my life is noisy. You know, my my experience and where everywhere around me is noisy. But when I close my eyes, I feel like I can have this honest conversation with myself and everything exterior doesn't matter anymore. It's more focused on what I feel like is brewing within that needs to get out. Um, and that's honestly how I start all of my writing. It's um, it's funny you say that because I'm like, well, isn't that just the norm? Don't ever doesn't everybody do that? But I guess you're they don't. Um, <laughs> I've never heard it, of it. <laughs> it is it's very cathartic for me, and it helps me be more authentic to myself through my writing and for others. Yeah, I love that, and I think that you should give that a name and like promote it as your thing because it's oh, so I like cool, it. and it's it's not it's simple. And I think it's it's but it's different enough that it's something that could be yours that you could promote and really put out there because it's such a unique way of of uncensoring yourself and just letting the the stories and memories fly, you know, and just letting yourself do that. All right, I'll jump off of that because I know we have a lot of other things to talk about, but <laughs> already no, really awesome. <laughs> so you talk a lot about perspective, and I think that's such an interesting topic and so relevant for speakers because each speaker, what makes them different from the next speaker is their perspective. Can can you share what perspective means to you as an author and a speaker? Oh, 100%. In fact, my book is built on the essence of, of perspective. Um, it's an inspirational guide to living a life in perspective because I believe at the core of who we are and whether that's a speaker, an author, um, a consultant, um, a mother, anybody, uh, you know, any type of um, experience you have in your life, perspective makes things a little more interesting, a little more meaningful, but on the bigger, on a bigger stage, especially for speakers, perspective helps us take what, what we deal with and helps us relate and become relevant to the people we speak with. It helps us look at what happens in our life, good, the bad, and everywhere in between, and it makes life manageable. It makes life um, feasible for you to tackle, but bigger than all of that, I believe that perspective makes your life purposeful. So I think that, you know, you look, look at us, think of a situation in your life and we all have situations that impact us. Um, but I believe that it's not so much the situation, but that defines us, but really how we allow ourselves to be seen as a victor through the situation. What do we do to pick ourselves up? How do we move on? How do we empower and impact others in that process? And that's where I think perspective and purpose live together. And as speakers, it's so critical that we take our experiences, like I said, the good, the bad, and everywhere in between, and we push them through the lens of perspective. And when you do that, we're taking our stories and we're making them relatable to our audiences. Isn't that the goal of every time we get up and speak in front of a crowd in any capacity, whether it's a crowd of one or a crowd of 1,000, that we want to impact their lives. And the only way we can do that is by through that lens of perspective. 
Yeah. And I think perspective is a really beautiful and important thing once you find it and once you kind of know where you stand. And I think your point about being a victor instead of a victim is an important one, but not everyone can shift that easily to find that place. So what tips do you have to help people find perspective in their lives and bring it to the stage? Yeah, that's a great question because I do know this and I I know this from personal experiences. I mean, in messages baked within my book are conversations of sexual harassment and child loss and many other really, really heavy topics that I know several really close friends who have not been able to become the victor in this victimed situation. And I get it. I've been there. And I think that's where perspective is important, right? For me, I know what it's like to be in the depths of some of these challenges. Um, But I think that the beautiful thing about life, and this is honestly, when I closed my eyes and wrote, the essence of what I found is I don't get to choose a lot of things in life. So I'll tell you, uh, Angela, it's funny. So I'm five foot two in a family of six foot eight people. No joke. I am short. No matter how high of heels I find, I will never be as tall as them, right? And every day I get up and straighten my hair. But if the weatherman says it's going to be humid, my hair will curl on its own. There are just certain things in my life I can't control, right? Um, my situations too, there were some of the really hardest times in my life I can never, I will have no control capacity over. But the only thing that I can control and you can too, and anyone listening is our choice. And I believe that we're given this choice regularly. You're given the choice at this very moment, how you're going to see the good things that are happening in your life and the not so good. And you're going to get this choice every second of every day. So I believe that for us to be able to find perspective, we have to be open to the small choices that get us there. We have to be open to realizing that everything in life is meant to propel us and not hinder us. So how do we take a situation, push it through that lens of perspective and make us better people from it? And that may happen in one day. That may happen in you know, a year. It might take quite some time to get through that. But the belief that you are going to get through it and the belief that something beautiful will come from it, that's the essence of it. And actually, in my book, I've outlined a seven-step process to help you find perspective in life because I believe that it does take some time to get there. Can you share the first step? Oh, totally. So I'll share all seven. I don't mind. Um, I believe that when you are trying to find perspective in life, you have to start by realizing that you're not in it alone. So what is what are you anchored in? Whether that's an anchor of faith or spirituality or something bigger or your relationships. I just believed that being able to see perspective and to live that way is you have to know that you're not meant to traverse this life on your own. So, you, so you've got somebody or something bigger with you. And when you do that, then it shifts to, okay, how do you start to know that you're not walking your path alone, but the, how you're walking it, you're actually being given beautiful little miracles along the way. So I have a section that talks about ordinary miracles and being open to those. And, you know, Angela, something like even our conversation today, I believe, is an ordinary miracle because we don't know who we're going to touch in talking about this topic that might change their lives. And um, the reverse effect, too, what our conversations can do to my life and enrich mine in a deeper way. It's just being open to them, right? I mean, who who knows when you were late going to pick up your kid from school, is it 
was that, did that save you from getting in a car wreck? You know, it's just shifting your mind a little bit to start seeing even some of the crazy things that happen in your life as miracles. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're calling them beautiful little ordinary miracles, because I think when we think of the word miracle, it's like, I want a million dollars, but you're talking, <laughs> you're talking right. about, you wouldn't want that. yeah, just small things that happen throughout the day that we might miss because we're, we're looking for bigger things and we're, we're just not even aware of them. Right. Oh my gosh. I will never forget that to me, this is a beautiful, ordinary miracle. I had a woman sent me a message at three in the morning one day and she and through social media, I think heavens, I didn't hear it because it would have woken me up. But I, when I woke up, I noticed that this, she had sent this message and it said that she had just, just went through a stroke. She was dealing with some anxiety situations and she found herself at three in the morning in the middle of a panic attack in her closet. She said, I couldn't breathe, but I had taken my Kindle back with me and I started to read your book. And within 15 minutes, I was able to breathe normally. And I felt like I had, um, I was capable of tackling the day. And the fact that she told me, I did not know this woman very well at the time. I said, the crazy thing is, is when I would get up at three in the morning and write my book, I kept praying for the fact that there's one person out there that needs it. And how beautiful is that I got the chance to meet this woman, right? It was something so little, but so big, Yeah, you know? So we have those all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just got to be open to them. Yeah. What's number three? Number Okay, so number three is once you start to be open to these things, you have to get outside of yourself and be open to the fact that you're never going to be perfect. And I call that perfect imperfection. You know, I, I believe that we're perfectly imperfect. So how do you look at the tough times, the broken times? This is a, um, there's a chapter in the book where I talk about for the first time ever, a sexual harassment experience I had when I was 16. And that broke me. But I've found that sometimes think of yourself like a glow stick, the glow sticks themselves. I mean, they serve a purpose, I guess, but their true purpose doesn't happen until they're broken and shooken a little um, or shaken a little rather. And I believe that that's in our own lives too. So if you can see um, your struggles and some really hard things as meant to help you piece yourself back together and realize you weren't meant to be perfect, but you were meant to be perfectly imperfect, then, then you're open to the next page, the next step in finding perspective. And that one is living life childlike. So think about kids. Angela, I don't know. Do you have any kiddos? I don't. Oh, my gosh. You want to borrow one? We can borrow one of mine. <laughs> my cat is kind of like my kid. Oh, yeah. Okay. No joke. I think cats and kids both relate here. But then the next section, I believe, you got to look at the things, the people, the animals in your life that at their essence and core are just lovely, amazing individuals and that bring you up and you start to realize that there are certain things that they give the world and they give you that the world has calloused us from. So I watch my kids and oh my gosh, they're so incredibly honest, sometimes to a fault, but so many times do I wish I could be honest to somebody else or, you know, my cat, she is literally the most loving, intuitive being on the planet and the world has calloused me sometimes to where I don't think to do some of the things that that she's able to give to to me, to my friends, right? So I believe that finding perspective helps by looking at the people or the, or the pets. And I really do believe it, that the pets in our life that can teach us to live life a little more childlike, you know, have some humility, have some fun, um, be gracious, be forgiving. Think about your cat. Okay. No joke. My cat and I, we've gotten in many a fights and yet every day she shows up 
comes up to me and loves me unconditionally. Yeah. We don't do that in the life of other people, right? We like to hold grudges. So I think when you live in perspective, if you can go back to the core elements of what humanity is all about, it's going to really help you to let go and to stop getting hung up on the things that, you know, bother you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. My cat has no ego. I can ego. keep going. You tell me when, when you want me to. <laughs> No, I, I'm, cat, I'm right? yeah, I am loving this list. I just wrote down, you don't shine until you break with the glow stick. I love, I love that. I've never thought about that, but it's so true. I think that is such a cool analogy. So tell me number five, cause I'm like just dying to know You're more about this now. list. Yeah. I'm... Right. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like once you get through some of these, you start to realize, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And then many times as people, we think, oh my gosh, but I'm only one person. Can I really make a difference? And so the next section is all about the power of And it talks about how if you look at literally anything in your life that's happened in this world, it's happened because one person decided to do it. You know, the the beautiful story of paying it forward is true. And if you know, when you're trying to find perspective in your own life, it is about you being able to get fulfilled and to make a difference and to be more happy and more successful. But if you realize that as you're doing that, you actually have the power to influence other people Um, and it doesn't, you don't need a whole group to do that. You know, the choice starts with you. And if you decide that you want to shift your perspective, you have the power of that, of one person to be able to impact many. Then the next section talks about how there's a lot of things that you can be in this world, right? You can be successful, you can be egotistical, you can be full of hatred, you can be super nice. But if I were to pick one thing to be, I think that is going to help you find perspective. I believe it's being love because if you literally at your core love everybody, whether you don't have to like them, but you can love them and you can love people to their core, then it's going to open your eyes again to letting go of the things that the world tries to toss on you. That's the key to perspective, I believe. I actually acknowledge it to be like a boardwalk. Okay. Do you like to go to the beach, Angela? Because it's like my favorite place. Oh, of course. Yes. I love the ocean. Okay. So whenever I go on a beach, I'm walking down the beach looking for a boardwalk for some reason. I don't care if there's a boardwalk, I always find one. But I get on the boardwalk and I get so excited because, you know, the boardwalk's purpose is to get you past the, you know, turbulent waves into the peace and be able to see the sunset or the beautiful fish and the ocean, right? But if you look under the water of the boardwalk, there, the wood is, you know, concreted in. It's got all these barnacles that just attach over time. It's actually not quite beautiful under the water, but and, and follow me for a minute as if the boardwalk was like a being, right? And it'll relate to our lives. But think about it. You know, the boardwalk could let the barnacles pull it down. It could let it pull the weight of the wood and the wood would buckle or it could decide to fulfill its purpose. Well, that's what I think it is in our life. And that's why I think love at your core is important. We all have barnacles. There is something about all of us baggage that lives under the water in our lives. And, you know, You can decide to own it and move forward, or you can decide to let that pull you down, to be weight and have you buckle. You know, we have one life to live, and I believe that at your core, if you're love, you're going to, you're going to wash off the barnacles you don't need, and the ones that are stuck to you, you're going to use that to propel you to be better. And that actually takes me to the last section of the book, which is the journey, and it talks about how it's beautiful to have this perspective, but life is tough. It is not easy, and day by day, you know, you might come against things that are going to try to push you off of being someone filled with perspective 
perspective. But if you've got the right toolkits in your backpack, I mean, maybe like a barnacle remover or something, um, then you're able to see that the things that happen in your life, you can use them to make you better. And not even for the life of someone else, but for yourself. And then it will be a triple effect. I love that. And I find that I try to follow a lot of advice like this when I'm in doing when I'm in a difficult time in my life. But what I also find is that when something is going wrong, I tend to forget that I have any tools. It's like all of a sudden (laughs) I've lost control (laughs) and I've never been to a training. I've never, you know, read a book on the subject. All of a sudden I'm just alone and scared and, and everything's ruined. So I know you mentioned the idea of a barnacle remover. Do you have any other tools that you recommend that are just quick and easy to turn to that help you reconfigure your perspective and remind you that you're going to be okay. Yeah. So the first thing I truly believe in is that everyone should have a mantra in life. I don't care what it is, but you got to figure it out and it can shift in time. So for me, one of the biggest mantras is it's okay to be okay. Or, you know, okay is okay because I'm a perfectionist. Oh. And so as I find myself getting in a swirl of, oh, my gosh, I can't get it all done, it's like, Stephanie, okay is okay. Okay is okay. And if I put this on repeat, again, it goes back to the story in my head, right? Most of the time the story in our heads are not congruent with the stories that actually happen in our lives. And that's, I think, where we get – we found this chaos. You know, when you talk about, oh, my gosh, you know, I start getting in this whirlwind. Well, a lot of it's because what we believe might be happening and perceive is happening and what really is happening are two different things. So if you can – first find a mantra, figure out what's the thing that's going to keep you rooted at your core. Um, That is going to help you when you find your head spinning, that you focus on that and it allows you to clear your head space. The other thing that I think, and this is actually scientifically based, which I found to be super, super cool. I'm very interested in this type of stuff is that, you know, what you put out is what will come back. So if you find yourself in a whirlwind and you put that out, you're going to create more chaos in your life. Same thing with positivity or negativity. You know, if you are somebody that you see yourself attracted by attracting people that are pulling you down, you might want to take a second look at yourself and realize that you might be someone who's a negative talker, whether you mean to or not, but that sometimes you're exuding that. If you find yourself with those types of thoughts coming in, this is where the science comes in. Um, There's research that's proved that every night your brain resets itself. That's the point of sleep. That's why we need to get several good solid hours of it. Um, But if you find yourself throughout the day constantly focusing on one topic over and over and over, and it's not a healthy one for you, what happens is, is you're proving to your brain that that's a topic that's worth remembering. And when you sleep and your brain resets, it goes, oh, guess what? Angela spent a lot of time on that topic and that must be important. And then you wait wake up and you still have that stress around that topic. But instead, if you find yourself focusing on something that is taking you off perspective, that you're stressed out about, you need to immediately push that thought away, bring your mantra in, and then shift your perspective. If you spend the least amount of time on the things that are stressing you and pulling you off course, when you go to bed, your brain will reconfigure and recalibrate and you will wake up and you will have a different perspective on it because you haven't told your brain that it was something worth saving. Does that make sense? It's kind of crazy how that works. Yeah, it does. And it makes me think of those moments right before getting on stage to give a speech. A lot of the self-talk can be negative and it can also be perfectionist and it can be terrifying because you're more focused on the fear of what you're doing than the impact you're about to make. Do you have a mantra 
for that time in in your day when you're about to give a speech? I think a lot of listeners would probably love to hear about that. <laughs> I do because and and let me say, let me start by saying I, what I write about, what I talk about, what I read about, all of it is meant to help me too, because I don't think any of us are perfect. So I find myself in the same place. Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Is it going to be good enough? And that's when I take myself back to this kind of roadmap that I've reminded myself. And it, it starts with, okay, passion fuels purpose. So I believe I'm passionate about this topic. I'm passionate about things in my life. That's why we're up there speaking. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And that passion fuels our purpose. And it's so beautiful when you finally figured out what your purpose is, right? I mean, I always say, wouldn't it be nice when we were born if it was like Stephanie Faker, um, four pounds, 10 ounces, purpose to change the world. I don't know. It would be nice if it was on our birth <laughs> certificate, right? Yeah. But it just isn't. So sometimes you have to figure out what you're passionate about. And for those of us who are speakers, we found that. But once you've got, so I tell myself, passion fuels purpose. Then I say, purpose ignites perspective because I believe when you're purpose focused that that's where perspective comes in and I really 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 believe that what differentiates an amazing speaker from a mediocre speaker is their ability to have perspective and what we're talking about because that is what um, really the next section that's what drives influence so when I talk and when I tell myself and I'm standing before a stage and I'm like, okay, passion fuels purpose, purpose ignites perspective, perspective drives influence. I remind myself that what I'm doing and why I'm doing it is not to be perfect is because I believe perfect imp I'm perfectly imperfect. It's not to change the whole world because goodness knows I don't have the capacity to meet everybody in this world, but it's meant to drive influence. And what I mean by that is if I can touch the life of one person, if I can leave something and impact the life of one person, then that has been my purpose. And that's that right there is how my life is fulfilled. So if I set those um, standards before I go out and do a speech, then it feels so much more manageable. When I leave, I feel like I've accomplished something and I'm happy with what I've done instead of um, attacking myself in my self-talk mentality. Wow. I want you to hang out with me every day. <laughs> <laughs> Are you available? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> the chat, the chat, Angela and Stephanie. <laughs> I just, I really appreciate your perspective and that you've worked really hard to try and, and create the mantra and steps and recognize that you have to do the work if you want to have this kind of outlook, right? And you have to kind of know yourself and, and know where you might fall down so that you can pick yourself back up and then kind of learn, learn from everything you're doing instead of feeling beaten up by it. Totally. But the really cool thing about this, because I am okay. I am not somebody who can fulfill a new year's resolution. I can't, I, you, you might, you don't want me to come around and be your workout accountability partner, Angela. I can't get up in the morning and do my workouts. You know, I'm not a diet person. So I share all of that to say, I had to figure out a way in my life to find perspective that if, if I fell off the train, I didn't feel like I've completely lost everything. And that's where the essence of color today, pretty came in. It's not color your, your life, 
pretty. It's not color the world pretty. It's not color the year pretty. It's color today pretty. And honestly, we should probably change it to color this moment pretty because our life is a collection of moments. And if you have the ability to have a clear, crisp clarity and perspective in one moment, but in the next moment, someone cuts you off and you've got road rage, the beautiful thing is you can remind yourself, oh my gosh, I have the choice to determine how I'm going to react to this. And you can shift your your moment and your mentality again. Um, so I don't see this as like a diet lifestyle. I see this as a, a way of living and something that's going to really give you more fulfillment greater and bigger ways in your life. And it's something I can do because like I said, you try to get me on a five day workout challenge. I can't do it because I feel like I fall off the bandwagon. But with this, you never do. Who do you think could benefit most from this book and where can they get it? So my book is available on Amazon uh, in Kindle, ebook, and in paperback. You can also visit my website at colortodaypretty.com to get a link to it. And that's a great question on who I think could benefit from it. I know you're supposed to niche things out and really have a specific point person, but I believe that really anybody in their trajectory of their life can get it from someone who's um, just graduating college and about to enter the workforce and figure out what it's like to stand on their own. This could be a great book for them for new parents this could be a great book. For people who have children going away, that could be beautiful for them. And for people who are um, our grandparents who just want a good, feel-good, inspirational read, this could really impact them. I think it's a beautiful book for people who have experienced challenges. And I think it's also a beautiful book for people who want to better relate to people who have and understand what that, how they can be, find perspective in their own life to better connect with those around them. Um, so, I'm sorry, that doesn't answer your question totally, but I really think everybody could. Yeah. And, and speakers are always looking for ways to better relate to their audience because the, the better they're able to relate to them, the stronger their message is and the more impact they can make. So I think there's a, a strong correlation to what you're writing about in your book to what speakers really need. So I would say anyone who's listening should pick it up because there's also a lot in there that can help you to evaluate your own life and just telling your story, which is so huge. And I can't wait till tomorrow when I sit down to write, I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> Tell me how it goes for you. Cause I have a feeling it's going to be probably some of your best work. I know. I feel that way. I'm like really, really into this. So before I let you go, I want to do the lightning round. I have a couple questions I ask every guest and I didn't give you a chance to look at these in advance. So these will be totally surprise questions. The first question, okay. The first question is if you were given an extra $100 per week, what would you do with it? Hmm. That's a wonderful question. I would probably, gosh, I think, okay, there is a man that stands on the side of the road when I pick up my son from school every day. And my son is so in, in tune with this homeless man and just so badly wants to make a difference in his life that we carry granola bars to deliver to him when we see him. I think I would give this man $100 each week. Wow. Number two, what is your favorite word and what does it taste like? My favorite word? Yep. And the word has a taste. Um, let's see. Okay. I can I do a phrase instead? I no. guess I guess so. Yes. Um, well, the, okay, so I'm a southern girl and I live in Kentucky and most people know me by my phrase love your heart versus bless your heart. So I I, I love people's hearts. So my word, my favorite word might be love if that's the case. And I would say it tastes like a brownie. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is a good question to ask your kids. You guys could do it tonight I at dinner. I totally want to do that. I'm doing it. <laughs> Number three, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? I think it's to leave an impact. I think it to, when you claim the stage, it means that as you look out, you see that what you're saying has has reverberated with those in the room and you have left a piece of you with them. Love it. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your light and your stories and your perspective. This has been great. It's very uplifting and super helpful, I think, for any time in our lives, just as reminders and to kind of bring us back to center and remind us everything is going to be okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was such a pleasure talking to you. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thanks. Well, there you have it. My interview with Stephanie Fager. I'm a big fan. I don't know. I'm a big fan. I love the glow stick analogy. I love typing with your eyes closed. What? I mean, that I I can't wait to do that tomorrow. And I love the idea of having a mantra. So a lot of these things I'll be implementing in my own life. I hope that you took something away today as well. And if you like what you're hearing on the Claim the Stage podcast, please take a minute to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It does help more people to find the podcast. And if you feel like you're getting a lot of value, help another person out so they can find it too, right? So that does it for me today, my friends. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.